Hello everyone, a warm, uh, the warmest indeed of welcomes to our webinar on the couch conversation with uh, me, Barrage Braj, my colleagues Raki, Nicola, uh, Emma and Simon who are part of the SPS team and three amazing panellists, Ewan and Aishita and Zoe who have very kindly joined me on the couch today to talk about progressing uh, in primary care. We're very grateful whether you have joined us live and if you have we'd love you to interact with us in the chat box and um, also if you are listening to the recording we are very much hoping to answer loads of your questions which were around how do you get to where you want to go where can you go in primary care with all of the competing things that are going on and um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask our panelists if you could uh, three of you thank you so much to just very briefly introduce yourselves and then add in an answer to this question let's get into it straight away what do you know now that you wish you'd known right at the start of that journey into primary care? Ewan, I'm going to come to you first. Tell us about yourself and then that Hi. question if you would. Hello everybody, my name is Ewan. Um, I am a general practice partner, joint clinical director, uh, lead pharmacist and a few other things. I've got a few other hats on teaching and other bits as well. Um, I have a podcast called The Imperfect Clinician, so a lot of the things that we might mention today, I will lead you to that because we we're quite short on time today. So if I'm not able to expand, go to the podcast and have a listen. And also my LinkedIn page on, uh, just search for me on Uinto, you'll find me there. Um, to your question, Barry, what um, if I can go back to my younger self almost and say one advice I would give to me, is seek for something. I, I was always looking for external validation, mm. looking for something from the outside, whether that's money, status, praises. And now with what I know, I now look for something internal. So the motivation and the validation needs to be internally driven because with the external validation, it doesn't matter how far I go, what's the status looks like, what do people say? If I don't feel happy, I'm constantly feeling quite empty. That's really powerful, Ewan. I think that's something for all of us to take away because you can't control the external validation, can you? But you can control, well, in many ways, psychologically, what you want to get out of that. That's a wonderful way to start off. And folks, if you've just joined us, this is the tone that we want to set for this webinar, being very real, but also very practical with some, some tips. Um, so thank you, Ewan. Um, Zoe, you're next on my screen. If you could introduce yourself, please. And what do you wish that you knew then that you know now in terms of progressing your career? Um, hi everyone, uh, so my name is Zoe. I'm a senior pharmacy technician, <clears throat> currently working in general practice, but I safely say I've tried a bit of everything along the way. Um, and I really did have a good think about that question, Barry, and I just kept coming back to it's not quite as um, as wow as Ewan's answer, but I think I wasn't prepared to learn as much as I have done, not that I wasn't willing, I just didn't know I was going to be exposed to so much knowledge and the ability to learn. So you, you do your training, you do what you need to do. 
and I think you accept that every day is a school day. We we know that, but I think from from where I was to where I am now, it's it's quite a journey on on my clinical knowledge. And I just didn't know that I would get to learn and understand and apply um, quite so much as I've got the opportunity now. So you know, I wish I could have told myself it's going to be pretty cool. Enjoy the ride, I suppose. Wow. That's I, I well, I've just gone wow, and you said it wouldn't be a wow, wow, Zoe. Is there 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 is that, and I hope we get to unpack that. I just want to ask you more questions now, but I don't want to leave Aishita out because Aishita, it's lovely to have you along. Um, you've just been to India, so uh, back hopefully in 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 a really happy place. Please do introduce yourself, and the same question to you, please. Uh, thank you, Barry. So my name's Aishita. I am a senior clinical pharmacist for PCN in Hounslow, and I've been in primary care for about three years now. Um, and to answer your question, it really touches on what you and Zoe said is just really knowing your own personal worth um, and that I know that could be really difficult to, to prove to others and knowing what you know but also what you don't know and what your limitations are and because it can be very overwhelming coming into primary care with all the knowledge that you have to pick up so just take on any opportunity you can to learn and um, to progress really yeah yeah and I just want to pick up on something before I come to your career progression um, to where you are, which I think is so relevant. You'll have seen you and Hannah's um, message in the chat box, perhaps about turning down a, down a partnership is taking every opportunity, um, Aishita, which is so important. But Zoe, something you said, you may not remember it just before the um, the webinar started, you talked about how busy you are because everybody is saying oh pharmacy can do that pharmacy can do that so i suppose i just want to ask all of you really anyone can answer this is how do you balance the i try i don't know if you're you're framing it as we're trying to prove ourselves but there's so many opportunities how do you take them without burning out and becoming completely overwhelmed how do you marry up those two sentiments I'm just going to ask anyone who wants you and you're smiling at me, so I'm going to come to you first. Um, yeah, no, I recognise that um, when I first started in primary care 10 years ago, I wanted to always do more because I always feel like I need to show you what I can do because I'm yeah. new here. I'm new in primary care. I'm a pharmacist. I'm you know, There isn't any pharmacists in general practice um, at that time. But what I've learned throughout my journey is it's actually easier to say yes and harder to say no. So setting boundaries is actually harder. So when I, I have a I have a team across um, different practices in the PCN and what I tend to do is I, I tell them my priority is their well-being. Mm. So if they are overstretched, let me know. If they struggle to have that conversation in regards to setting boundaries to say this is the day where I don't work things shouldn't come to me or for example I've taken I've taken on something that I said I would have I, I, I agreed to take on previously however at the moment my capacity has changed because someone has left or maybe we're training somebody new how do we have that conversation to say I can't do this now but I can do this later on in line and I think asking people who are new and relatively not relatively unexperienced to do that themselves is very very hard 
because again I recognize how they feel when they're first coming out they don't feel that they can say no what if I say no and somebody think differently of me what if I say no and somebody think I'm not helpful so that's what I try to do in regards to their well-being because I think if my team's well-being is priority they will do what is best for the practice for the PCN for the patients yeah and um, we've just had a question in there's lots coming in folks thank you so much keep it coming we'll 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 go there we'll I think come to Cheryl soon and Aishitra I want to pick up what you and has said with you but um just in a nutshell we are going to talk about your journey uh Ewan is Bavish has asked what is partnership could you just summarize that up in a nutshell for us um, okay, I'll try my best because partnership <laughs> is massive. Um, it depends on what type of practice you are in. But essentially partnership, I see it as you have executive say in what is going on in the practice, depend on whether it's a federation that you step into. So let's say in a practice model, that's the most common. You have the in and out, the details, the finance. You essentially have a business. So if you think... This is something that you're not quite sure whether you want to step into. Do find out a lot about it because your local LMC would have had lots of webinars similar to this recorded where they talk about partnership. What does it look like? What conversations you need to have before stepping into partnership and after? Because partnership, general practice partnership, is very similar to a marriage. You go into it. It's a lot of effort from all sides and you have to know that these are the people that you're working with. They are aligned with your values. I can see somebody saying that they turn down a partnership role, which is if you know that's what you want to do, that is fine. So in terms of my experience, I had a partnership role um, discussed and offered to me previously, but their values is not aligned to mine. So I turned that down. Mm -hmm. I didn't have another partnership role going on, but I just knew that wasn't right for me. So when when I see that question, my my question then back to back to you is, what do you want to do? Not not in terms of going to the title or the status. What excites you? What interests you? What what part of general practice or healthcare in general? You don't have to limit to yourself in general practice. What part of it do you enjoy doing? Do you enjoy system delivery? Do you enjoy projects? Do you enjoy speaking to patients? There's so many different parts of it that probably you haven't had a chance to explore. But speak to people who you think, ah, their role is relatively interesting. Let me just speak to them for five, 10 minutes and see what does it look like? Can I sit in with them for five, 10 minutes? That mm. always gives you a bit of perspective. Then you don't have to actually spend time in each of the role, which is difficult to do. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's really helpful. And thank you, people, for uh, putting stuff in the chat box, which we'll come to. Um, Ashita, I'm going to come back to you with wanting to take opportunities. So how do you balance? I'm going to come to you and ask the same question with your context, Zoe, in a minute. But Ashita, how do you how do you balance between wanting to take all those opportunities, gain those experience, but without kind of spending yourself time chained to the practice? Uh, yeah, so it's, it's quite similar. When I started PCN, I wanted to take on as much as I can. And then you sort of realise that you don't have enough hours in the day to do everything. Uh, and I guess it comes into building up your own personal skills of time management, prioritisation, staying organised, because primary care does involve quite a huge variety of work that you do have to sort of juggle um, so you start to push back but I think it's also really important to know who to go to when 
when you feel that actually you can't manage it all, um, whether that is your practice managers and partners that you can speak to or your own managers or even the clinical director like you in. So trying to find that support uh, as well if you're unable to push back on the work. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really helpful. And Zoe, with so many of your colleagues, I sense across the PCN, if I've understood rightly, saying pharmacy can do that, which is, which is, you know, I imagine a really, really good thing. It's edifying. It's a positive thing. So hallelujah for that. But how do you and the pharmacy team exercise appropriate boundaries? I think sometimes you've got to work out actually who is this best placed with because sometimes the immediate thought is it's medicine so it must be pharmacy but that isn't always the case but I think in in many cases we're often prepared to have a look at it and and see um, if it is appropriate for us and and if it's an ongoing thing then that needs to be managed within within your work plans and, and work streams but we we've just been through a bit of a process where because we were struggling to recruit it's obviously a huge demand everywhere, isn't there, for pharmacy services. We were struggling to recruit, so we went through a process of actually looking at what our work plans are, who's doing them, and actually is that the most appropriate person to be doing it? Um, yeah. And as a result of that process, we've actually managed, um, we, we had funding agreed for a pharmacy care coordinator making the most of the R's role that it was available. Yeah essentially a pharmacy assistant but we realized there was lots of areas within the pharmacist role and the pharmacy technician role that would sit perfectly well with a pharmacy care coordinator just to allow us all to maximize our roles whilst not having to turn too much away and uh, pleased to say those roles they're they're in post they've just started it's early days um but i think it's it's a positive move and um something that will definitely help with with workflow and and just seeing what needs doing by who and when. And you know what, Zoe, that for, as for me as a non-expert, that's really striking. It's not just thinking, oh, pharmacy, I better say yes. Actually being a bit discerning, taking a step back and thinking creatively, if I've understood that rightly. And, and you and I saw you nodding there. What, what do you make of what, what Zoe just said? I think what Zoe has mentioned is a skill that it will be helpful for anyone who wants to develop, whether you want to take on partnership role, more senior role, clinical director role, is the ability to look at the bigger picture. Because us as healthcare professionals are very good um, as into details. We're so good at clinical understanding, but what can you add that up? So I see it as for example, you are better clinically compared to everybody else in the practice in, in my case, chronic pain or addictive medication. So all, all of the complex patient gets referred from GPs or AMPs to me. So this is sort of my starting point. How can I layer it up with other things of my advantage? And for me, it's about how do I motivate the staff and the team? So my pharmacy team across the PCN has made massive waves across different practices from the perspective of financially. When we had really strong IAF previously, we had um, a lot of safety alerts and CQC related governance. We've helped with a lot of that. We reduced a lot of workload and we made a lot of difference to patients and clinicians and practice team alike. So from reception onwards to everybody. So don't think about just focusing on 
how do I prove myself to the GPs or to the partnership? Thinking about how you can make a difference to every single person that you speak to, because the partnership will see what they see from you, but a lot of it is fed into them by other people. So don't think of it as just there. Like Zoe said, think about the bigger picture. How can I change things differently from a bigger scale? Because this is a skill that you can learn and practice. Mm. That's really, really helpful. And I hope that might be helpful for, for people. And, and Zoe, if we just give you a break from the panel for a minute, if you'd be willing, maybe just to pop a few things in the chat box in response to Mariam's query about what the care coordinator does. And we might get you back to maybe do a little podcast for us on what they what they do. And I know we would owe you a huge amount of chocolate for that. Um, I'm just going to pause there before we ask you and we're going to ask you about your career journey, because Nicola, if I can ask you to come in and join us, please. There's, I mean, it's a wonderful group of uh, people who've joined us today, Nicola, who've asked lots of things and, and given some commentary on, on partnership. I wondered whether you could sort of just put a few things to you in, and then that might lead nicely onto you and telling us your journey into partnership. Nicola, can I hand over to you? Of course, Barry. Um, Yes, that was something I was really hoping we would explore because there's quite a lot of comments coming up, Ewan, about um, Rashika said, I find it hard to sell the idea of uh, for pharmacist as partner to the GP partners. Any advice as they're really keen? We've also got um, people saying, um, Hannah's saying she's got a practice who are a potential partnership opportunity. How can how can she demonstrate what she can bring as a non-GP partner? And there's quite a few other things coming up about that. Yes, Runa, how could we approach our GP partners? So, yeah, I don't know if you want to, how you want to answer those questions, be it a little chat through your journey to do it, um, or any advice for everybody about that, I think would be really helpful. Okay, I'll get to the last question first in terms of how you approach them. So I'll share my experience on both and because they're they're both relatable in this sense my i asked to be a clinical director for a pcn it wasn't offered to me but the partnership was offered to me so it it's either way you can ask the question but make sure before you ask you prepare a list of things that you can bring because even prior to the official interview i was already asked that question if if you're a partner what would have what would you do differently what can you add to the partnership that we don't have now that's why when i talk about strength and if you want to read any good books it's a book called an unfair advantage it talks about layering up your strengths and making you uniquely you so nobody can just take that role over so ask the question if you don't think that they have the awareness what you also can do is just touch base, not directly to the partnership, but perhaps with the practice managers, business managers, and say, what do you feel about pharmacists being a partnership, a partner in this practice? What do you feel about um, a pharmacist or a technician being part of um, your existing partnership? Because what you will see is they will give you quite honest feedback and they'll say, oh, I don't I don't think you're ready or I don't think this role will give us a lot. And it's helpful to have those difficult conversations to say, why not? How would it be different? So in my case, because 
I lead a lot on the government uh, governance prescribing area. They see my role in that, besides being experienced clinically, but also how I speak to the team. Mm-hmm. So during my absence, they 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 would have noticed, for example, it's Chinese New Year now. So the team would have decorated my room and surprised me when I come back. That's what happened last year. So, and I do the same for them. You know, I I go in and check in with everybody in the team, not just partners, but I go in and check in and say, how are you today? How are you getting on? Even though I, I was PCN staff at that point, but my relationship with the practice team was a different level because I felt one way or another that was my practice so I took ownership of that so that has helped um mm. sorry I was very engrossed Nicola was what was the other two questions <laughs> you know you and I'm really engrossed in this and I've already now got a couple of questions of that um because one comment from me is that when you're describing partnership it's not just business partnership it's kind of working together partnership and that expression talking about checking in with people is something that we can all do no matter where we are in the team just that checking in is something now the other questions that came up were um uh yes how can you demonstrate what you would bring you covered a bit of that already um yeah i think you've probably covered that you've i, I was also thinking we have an expression up here in newcastle that says shy bairns get out and your comment about i asked actually yes i asked is really relevant um one more thing i'll add to the question that nicholas just mentioned is what are we good at as pharmacy professionals whether you're a technician whether you're a pharmacist we're good at audits we're so good at them and what can we do we can bring in values and talk to prescribers and say right this is the trend i'm not blaming anybody but what can we do differently and when you notice that you can change prescribing practice across the whole deck of clinicians this is different so back to my role about um chronic pain or addictive medication it was a loss of hard work to change prescribing practice of any prescribers um GPs, ANPs, anyone who who are prescribers, to not go into the gift pain medication as the first reaction. How can we do a more holistic approach? How can we look at reducing the medication? How can we, back to the setting boundaries with the patient, how do you set the expectations really, really earlier on and document it? And how do I hold people accountable to that? So let's say a patient has come in with me, we've been doing reduction, and this patient probably would have tried every other clinicians in the practice and see who can give them more sleeping medication or give them more pain medication. And if there is one GP who's done it, I probably, this is what I did, I actually rang the GP and say, what's happened? What's changed? And why are we not saying the same thing? If something if it's something relevant fair enough but if it's something that they've missed then it's the gp's responsibility to go back to the patient and say this is our practice stand and for you to do that when you change that culture of prescribing within the practice it's time consuming but it's a very very big thing mm. thank you ewan 
Barry, are you okay for me just to run a little bit with this? Because um, you and I'd love to come back to you in a, in, in, in a little bit about the, there's been a bit in the chat box as well about, well, actually, I don't particularly want to be a partner. What else could I do? So there's been questions about areas to specialise in. But before we come back to you about that, I'm really interested in Aishita's um, perspective on what Ewan's been saying. Is this inspirational? What do you think? Do you relate to it? Yeah, definitely relate. And I think even within our own PCM, we are seeing pharmacists take on the role of clinical directors and partners. Um, so I think it is a new direction that pharmacy profession is going into. And I think it is, I mean, pharmacy in primary care is still fairly new and we don't really know exactly where it's going to lead so in terms of progression it, it can be really hard even for myself knowing where I'm going to be in 10 years I, I can't really say I don't know what opportunities there will be for myself even um, but we are also seeing um, lots more pharmacists doing their IP course so I've just recently qualified and we're also going on to doing advanced clinical practitioners as well so those are some of the opportunities um, and also my role of uh, involves a lot of teaching and training of others so that mm. that's something I really do enjoy oh thank you Ashita and congratulations on yeah. your IP very much <laughs> just to touch I know people have been putting in the chat box I will definitely pull up the I was thinking about pulling up who authored unfair advantage and there's been a question about Zoe about how did evolution of your role come about well in a minute I will also get a chance to put up the wonderful podcast we did quite quite a little while ago with Zoe I'll put the link to that because Zoe will we we have all that already covered here's one we prepared earlier um Barry I'll let you continue the conversation with you and while I put those bits in the chat but I think it's the What's the non-partnership, if I can yeah. let you take that one forward? Yeah, yeah. So, folks, uh, we're halfway through our, our, our podcast, our webinar, and I just want to pause uh, just for a minute just to sort of see where we are and where we're going to go for the remaining time. And if you've just joined us since the start of the webinar, you're very, very welcome to have a look at what we've done. Um, the first thing I want to do is to ask Tracy Savage, who's who's on at the moment. Tracy, you said that you're loving your partnership, and I just wondered, you, you don't have to, but if you'd be willing to put into the chat, what what it is you're doing as a partner and what you're loving about it we'd we'd, we'd love love to hear that the other thing we've had a lot is um and i sense it's a bone of contention for for a number of our pharmacy technician colleagues about doing smrs and um and medicines review which is is probably outside the scope of what we're doing today but we are aware that it, it it's an issue so please forgive us for not necessarily majoring on on that for our time together though we are going to take that uh, all of the chat away and explore what we can we can do next and it will be good to hear from zoe through the podcast it was an excellent podcast uh, that we did um Aishita, I know that you had some questions that you wanted to ask Ewan, and I just wondered if now would be a good time for you as a team leader in primary care to put those um, to Ewan. Yeah, definitely. So I think my question is really revolved around uh, communication. Um, I find that everyone likes to be communicated in quite different ways, even within a single GP practice. So whether that is through tasks on the system or through face-to-face -face conversation uh, or telephone. Um, and I think it, there is a hesitation to come out of your own room and sort of knock on a colleague's door because you just don't want to disturb them. And it's, especially when working from home as well, a lot of our 
pharmacy teams are working from home and how to integrate into a team. So I guess my question is, is what, what advice would you give on um, being able to break those barriers of communication and, so that, and best ways to communicate with GPs and other staff members in a team? Right, so essentially we're thinking about presence in the practice, whether you're physically present, whether you're physically in the practice or you are remote but you made sure people are aware that you are there because i think with remote when you people don't see you very easily you're forgotten because people can't come into your room and say you know can i ask a question so um i talked about visibility in my linkedin post but essentially to expand it further when you work remotely there is a lot of work that needs to be done by both parties to make sure that you are simple things saying hello and say i'm logged in this is what i'm going to do what does the workload looks like um and then midday through i finish my clinic for example what does it look like what do you want me to focus on so speaking as if you're actually physically there but if you're two doors down you can go oh i'm finished i'm going to go for a coffee do you want to come so having those conversations but doing it more electronically helps because having a, a hybrid version of working or a hybrid team, it's it's what the world needs right now. And so using different forms of communication would be helpful. Having a team chat, WhatsApp group, anything like that would be good. Um, the other thing about communication, I agree. So everyone will always want different things. And perhaps the same with everybody within the pharmacy group and outside of the pharmacy group in general practice. I would suggest that if you have any opportunities to speak to people, if you have clinical meetings, if you have coffee breaks, where the whole practice come together and have coffee breaks, use those to ask questions. Perhaps when you presenting the orders to people, ask them what is the best way, because it's very hard give them the example we have got five pharmacists or we've got five technicians what if i tell you every single one you need to communicate differently it doesn't make us efficient so what is the best way for you is it like you said tasks is it messages is it is there any other way and if you don't have those pockets that you can tap into perhaps say to them can i have five minutes of your time and perhaps you do that every month and check in and say, right, how how do you want it different? I've done it this way, I've done it the other way, what's the feedback? And because you've got that loop of communication, then it makes it a little bit easier because you have a bit more clarity on how you want it going forward, you as a team. Thank you, that's really helpful. I guess we've, in our PCM, we do have uh, a WhatsApp group, but I think having that regular communication seems like that would really help to develop relationships with the, within the PCN team as well, as well as the practice team. Um, and just talk about communication on even a wider scale, there's, there can sometimes be really difficult to work in a PCN because you're balancing the uh, requirements of the GP practice, but also requirements of the DES contract and trying to please your PCN. Um, so what's the best way to balance these, but at the same time preventing conflict? Mm. I think um, what I found has been most helpful when when I'm doing that is have a very honest conversation with people in the practice to say, us as a team will have, this is our capacity. 
So what is your priority now? And there are things that we have to do. You know, for example, CQC searches we have to do. This is definite. But what other things are priority for you? And what other things are priority for the PCN? And how do you juggle that? And a lot of it comes down to what we talked about earlier in terms of communicating. Because if you say, this is something that I have to do, but what are the things that I can be flexible with when I'm speaking to you? And then, or maybe bring in three different groups of people, or three different people in the room to say, right, I getting from you X message, I'm getting from you A, and I can do two things, but I've got another CQC things that I need to do. So how can we make it work? And you have to, it's an ongoing conversation. It's not a first conversation, right, that's it done. Things change, the needs change, the team changes, perhaps people's learning needs have changed. So having those regular conversations help the pharmacy team have an idea in terms of the, de the delivery, but also helps everyone in the team have an understanding that actually the people that we are liaising with regularly, whether it's PCN or whether it's practice, they are really, they are really, they, they have a very clear sight of what we are doing, especially the things that is done in the background, like the things that you don't see, because you see patients, yes, it's on the ledger, but what are the things that you don't see that bring lots of values? It's demonstrating that, whether it's in a, I don't know, let's say you have a practice protected learning evening and you go, this is three slides of what the pharmacy, pharmacy team do in the background that you probably nobody have really realized. And a lot of the time what I've done is, you know, I've created a screens like that slide and I pass it on to each team that are based in each practice and they use that and they're like oh my goodness we didn't realize you're doing all of this but you can't assume that people know and the same the other part they assume you know what needs to be done and in between there is that void so how can we fill that void how can we communicate more effectively and and unfortunately it's a trial and error because you might notice some people go oh i think once a month is you know too much some people go oh once a month i want once a week so how do you start that conversation and making sure that you're very present? I hope that helps. Oh, Barry, are you on mute? Um, you and you need to take over from me. You need to host all of these webinars because I made the schoolboy error. Actually, I'm so sorry to jump in, but there's been so much coming through. I'm just going to come in if I can. Zoe, I, I'll. I've got a question for you, Aishita, but Zoe, first, if I may, Zoe, what Ewan was saying earlier, right at the start of, of her piece around building the relationships, how do you do that as a pharmacy technician? Is it the same? Is it different? How do you get the time? What's what's your take on that as a, as a senior technician? I think it, it it's similar. It's It's just about being present or, or being available to be able to speak to people. Certainly early on, um, I was fortunate enough to be one of the first pharmacy technicians in our practices. So they really didn't have a clue uh, what they wanted to use us for. Quite frankly, I didn't know what I needed to do either. We were all making out together, you know, um, work out as we go along. But I think, you know, as it as it's progressed, um, the, the role has evolved. But in terms of working with the practices and getting to know them, it, it's just about 
being there, not being afraid to go go and say hello. Initially, I used to be really daunted by doctors and I'm like, why? They're just normal people. Um, so, you know, now I do sit with them when they have their little coffee debrief and I'll just, you know, join in, have a conversation. It might be work related, it might not be. But, you know, eventually conversation may come round to a pharmacy related matter and they'll they'll look to me for, for my opinion, which is is just as important as the pharmacist sitting next to me at the time. We've all got something to contribute, um, and I think it's just not being afraid to to offer that uh, and just and just get stuck in and have a chat. It's it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Do you know before before I come to um, another question, I'm just getting the impression, listening to our conversation so far, is that as pharmacy professionals working in primary care, the first thing for us to do. And I'd like the three of you to just critique this. This is my back of an envelope hunch is don't be overwrought. Value yourselves. And just start putting yourself out there and making conversations. Am I being naive? Any of you? No, I don't think so. I think that, you know, in, in its simplest form, that is, is pretty much what, what you need to do. Don't yeah. imagine for one moment that you'll get the full uh, spectrum of the role ironed out on your first day from your understanding and someone else's. Um, but I think if you're happy to get stuck in there and, and communicate with what's working well, what's not working well, then, then I think that's good grounding, really. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Aishita, I'm going to come to you. And um, there was a comment a lot earlier a few minutes ago from Emma uh, Prowse asking, how do you move from clinical pharmacist to senior pharmacist? My PCN doesn't have a senior pharmacist and it's not something the management has considered. Now, I know you're a team leader. Do you have any words of wisdom about non-director, non-clinical director, non-partner progression from perhaps your own experience? So from my own experience, I applied through jobs, through the NHS jobs, and that's where I saw it advertised, the senior position. Um, but I was in a similar situation where my previous PCM wasn't, didn't have a senior, uh, or there was only just one senior, whereas, <clears throat> sorry, uh, my current PCN, we have lots of seniors, uh, and it's, which is really nice, actually, to have each other's support. Um, so I think it may have to look at other PCNs that do offer a role in the senior role. Um, but if you want to stay in your own PCN, um, you and you might be able to shed some light on that. But whether there's an opportunity to ask for the opportunity or funding to to have a senior role put in place so that you're able to apply and, and take on that role. And and you and coming to you on that when you were talking about making the case for partner. What similarities are there, say, for somebody like Emma or others who want to progress as a pharmacist or a pharmacy technician to actually say, look, I think I could do more. I think there's progression where I am. Is it the similar sort of thing of making the case, identifying what you could offer and then writing it down, having the conversation? What, what, what's your advice for people? Similar. And I think the transition from pharmacist to a lead or a senior pharmacist, you have got the backing of NHS England. So when you look at the PCN contract, it does say when you have X amount of pharmacists, you need a senior. So it's already backed by NHS England document. So you have something as a baseline and then go back to, like Barry said, building a case to say, how would you 
be different as a senior and what value can you bring to people around you and I think the other thing that will be really good is this is what I've done is um when I asked for the clinical director role I actually went around everybody else all the other practice leads um GP partners and say what do you think if I am one so I actually went around I actually went out of cheated in a way, but I went around asking people's opinion before I asked that question because I wanted to play a game that I would win um, in this case, not all the time, but in this case. So um, being a lead, if you want to step into that role, have people's opinion, not just practice people, but pra uh, pharmacy team, how will it be different and how can, how will it benefit the practice, both from CQC perspective but also from patient care perspective. And I think when you go with that two-pronged attack, it's really hard for people to argue with you. So I try to form my arguments or suggestions or proposal in a way that it makes it very, very hard for people to say no, because I am bringing in things that we almost live and breathe as healthcare professionals. I just wonder if this is part of a pharmacy professional psyche. I don't know whether the audience is going to shoot me down here, but how, we're so modest as a profession, as two professions in sort of pushing ourselves selves forward. And, and what I'm getting from you, Ewan, and I'm going to bring Nicola in, um, in in just a moment, is we should be as two professions really proud of the uniqueness that we give to the use and safety of medicines and actually just being that bit bit braver so um, so that's uh, rightly or wrongly that's what's what's coming to me now Nicola before I come to you um is she, is she to, did you have any other questions that you wanted to ask you and on your on your list because I do want to come to Nicola to see what's on the um on on the uh on the chat box but did no, you know I think else? that was most of the question I think the other thing was is there anything else that we can do to support the GP practices workload sure 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 park that one if we can but I think it would be good to come come back as well and I'd love to hear from Zoe on that if there's time um but Nicola I mean there's just been such rich stuff coming through and I don't want to please ignore me but one of the things that's come through is this there's, there's quite a lot of lament about I'm sensing some people banging their heads against brick walls and that might be something you've picked up or, or not, but I just wanted to at least make a note of it. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a really difficult one. And I relate to a certain amount of that through my own career journey and, and talking to, to colleagues, both pharmacists and pharmacy technicians. There are some little nuggets in there. Lorraine's put in... Um, she doesn't have a pharmacist to hand day to day. She's enjoyed the challenge that it brings. She says it does help to sit down and have a coffee. So just little things. Um, I think it's Sonia. As Sonia said, don't ask, don't get. Yeah, shy barons getting out, Sonia. But it's that difficulty about that, about that. I think one thing that I might add is let's not look at just our day to day and our week to week. I guess if we came back to you, you and certainly Zoe, probably Aishita as well. If you look back over months and perhaps a longer period of time, you can see a journey that perhaps you're not feeling on a day to day basis. And I think the other thing is that I've noticed in the chat is there's people chatting to each other. And that's one of the things that we do really like about 
our um, webinars that we have, but actually that's where the connections need to be made and it's supporting and uplifting each other. If Lorraine doesn't have a pharmacist in her practice, perhaps somebody else doesn't have a pharmacy technician and how can people just connect across, across our professions and across each other. But yeah, it's, yeah, just lots of, of tricky bits I think that people people are finding. So maybe some maybe some positives, Ewan, maybe some, um, although Barry, did you say you were coming back to Ashita? But I think I'd be interested in the, um, what do you do when you feel like you're banging your head against a brick wall? Do, do, do you do do you go round? Do you find another way? What do you do when you think this isn't working? That's a question. And, for the and I'm just going to very rudely jump in. I think this is about the phrase proving your worth. Yes. Because I think that that's what I'm seeing live in there. And it was also in some of the questions, Ewan, that we 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 had before the webinar and that might be something for Zoe as well after Ewan but Ewan first. Um, for Lorraine's question when you don't have pharmacists with you tap into what you have within the whole locality so for example I've created a whatsapp group for pharmacists in general practice for the whole of Lincolnshire and a separate one for pharmacy tech for the whole of Lincolnshire because people don't perhaps don't have the same structure in each PCN. I don't want people to feel isolated when they first started. I definitely was because there wasn't anybody yet. So I'm trying to prevent that with what I know already. So outside of that, you can see what is available. Are there any pharmacy text group nationally that you can log on and speak to pharmacy tech in some parts in England? or see perhaps their struggle will be different. SPS provides um, the technician coffee conversation. Those are stories that will be helpful because if we can relate to their journey, then you don't feel as alone. Um, the question when you ask if you are fighting against a brick wall. Yes, so another part of my hat, I deal with systemic inequality. So I talk about, um, I am, how do I put it? Okay, so I am leading work within Lincolnshire to talk about systemic inequalities for people of global majority or previously called ethnic minorities. So this is a, an uphill battle because we're fighting against systems that's already in place. But I always try to use the, the short form, what I call ABI, which is assume best intention. Because what happens when I'm really frustrated about some someone or something, I always think, oh, they must be doing it because. However, if I try to think about it from what if they actually don't understand? What if they're actually quite scared? And I'll give an example from, from that scared scenario. Um, one of my junior pharmacists spoken to the partnership in another practice about diabetes and the reaction was quite negative. So she, we then have a conversation because I check in with them every fortnight to say, you know, how, how are you getting on? What's happening? And she said, you know, this is unlike this partner's reaction because this partner's usually really chilled. And I said, is it because they feel that they've been attacked in a way. If you give some suggestions, but not really run through it with the diabetes lead, they might see it as, oh, is it because I am not doing a great job as a 
lead, a diabetes lead, whether you're a GP or whether you're anybody else, and understanding that at the end of the day, everyone is human and everyone operates with emotions and fear being a big part of it. So when people are saying things to you, I try to think, right, what is actually driving that behavior? Because the behavior is only a symptom. If somebody's not confident, are they are they fearful of being perceived differently? If somebody's, you know, quite antagonistic, is it because they don't understand? Is it because they feel that you're taking their role away? Is it they feel, is it something else? So try to think from the assume best intention perspective. And sometimes even all of that, and that still didn't work, which is very small amount of the time. And when that happens, I go and hug a tree, which is my daily walk in the park. I hug a tree or I climb a tree um, and that makes me feel better. And I go back to it. Wow. Ewan, thank you. I'm going to come in there because I'm I'm aware of time and I've got some questions for the panel before we finish. Nicola, thank you so much for that. There's a poll coming up. I would love uh, if you would be willing to um, contribute to that to let us know how we've we've done with this. I would also love any comments in the chat box about anything you'd like us to do to follow up. It could be that we've not got to your question and you really, really want us to do something with that, maybe in a follow-up podcast or another webinar. Please don't be shy. We've talked today about not being shy. So don't be shy in this chat box. You can start practicing practicing here. That, that would be great. Um, I want to um, just be aware of time and just go around the three of you, you and Zoe and, and Aishita, and, and firstly say thank you for all that you've shared. And just give a little summary and then just give you the air time to say anything that you think we should have mentioned that we haven't. I think what I've got here is, and we didn't go through your career journey to where you are in detail, Ewan, and I, I'm sorry about that, but I, I just sense that some of our conversation really needed to be on influencing and, and proving your, your worth. I think I've picked up things on pushing yourself forward and being brave. I think I've heard something about boundaries, communicating your boundaries. And I think I've heard a lot about the personal relationships. I loved what you were saying, Zoe, about having that coffee with people and building those human connections, which are, are so important. And I just wanted to ask the three of you, is that a fair summary? Is there anything glaring I've missed in, in what we've come out today? And, and, and Zoe, I'm going to come to you first. I think it can vary hugely on, on your practice, unfortunately. <clears throat> um, if you're fortunate enough to be in a practice that is um, open and welcoming and pro-pharmacy, then all of that will happen so much more organically anyway. Um, some may be a little bit more of a hard sell, so then you, you've got to try a little bit harder. So it, is, it isn't always as simple as it may sound, yeah. um, but I think it's just about being a bit resilient and being a bit patient but staying positive that you're you're there for the right reasons um, and there's plenty of work to do for everybody. You're not there to take work away from anybody, um, which was some of our initial concerns when pharmacy team joined. They thought we were there to to take work from others. But um, I, I think it is it is fair, but it will be different challenges in, in different surgeries. And, and it's important to recognise that as well. Great. Thank you. And thank you for that realism. And I sense that some people on the call today will recognise that. 
Aishita, from my summary and, and from your point of view, is there anything you want to add, anything that's not come up today that you think really needs to be said? Um, not so much, really similar to Zoe, it's just it depends on the support system that is around you and just making sure that goals are clearly set and they're transparent with everyone, with your PCN team and with your practice managers to help prevent that sort of conflict. And um, similar to you in this, to, you know, fear and feeling intimidated by other staff members can stop you from reaching out and seeking help. So really knowing your worth. Mm-hmm. Ewan, it's bringing this all together with sort of where you've got to, you know, as, as a, not just as a clinical director, as a partner, but as a senior pharmacist. You know, you're a senior pharmacist. And let's not forget that. What have you made of what we've talked about today and your main message? No, I, that was those are really valid points. And what Zoe and Aishita have mentioned, I think one other thing that I always say to people that come through my door, whether they're students, whether they're new team members or anybody, anybody, I always ask them to try to not just focus on the clinical development, because you always want to be more clinical when you first come into the practice. You know, I want to learn more. I want to be, you know, better clinically. Don't forget about the personal development as well, because what I've noticed in myself and, and a lot of people is perhaps your personal development is still here. It doesn't matter how far you go clinically, you're quite restricted. And in terms of my bigger role changes from clinical director and to partnership, it has to grow alongside each other. So what Zoe said about building resilience find out what is stopping you because a lot of the time what's stopping you besides the environment that you can't control do the things that you can control we are not very kind to ourselves when we speak to ourselves and we make mistakes for example how can we do that differently what systems do you have in place to help you be at an optimum level every single day when you step in the office different things that you can do every day building those habits and building those different ways those resilience will bring you places because you will come across challenges but with those resilience you're able to bounce back quicker folks thank you panel wonderful i'm just going to say a couple of things before we finish because we're up to two o'clock and some of you all of you have got busy afternoons to go into there's been some wonderful networking going on in the chat box can i just say if there's somebody you want to reach out to just put your email address in and say to the person email me keep these networks going keep these connect connections going a couple of you have put in any things that you want us to take forward it's your final opportunity to say what you'd like us as sps to to take forward if there's any topics that you want uh, want to, to to do or if there's anything that we've not answered that you really wanted to. Ewan, Zoe, Aishita, thank you for being very personal. I think what I'm going to take away, if there's one thing I have to take away, it's that we are people and we're as well as professionals. So let's build personal collaborative relationships in the workplace because from my point of view that goes an awful long way. 
so I'm going to thank you, the three of you. I'm going to thank Nicola for being on the chat, for Raki, my colleague with Saima and Emma, who have done the technical things. I'm going to ask all of our panellists just to stay back for just a, a moment's debrief. But can I just say thank you so much to all of you who've joined today. I hope it's been helpful. Stay in touch and bye bye for now.